three weeks in a row. It's crazy. This is incredible. Let's keep this thing rolling. And to keep this rolling, to talk about a few different topics with us, Ian, who do we have joining us today? Coach Colville is back. You know, we had, had, you know what? It's been a shame. We haven't got to talk a, a ton of hockey in the last little while. Um, so it's always nice to bring Ryan back. He's going to give us a little hockey stuff, and then we're going to get right into picks as always. Ryan, thank you for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always fun. So, Ryan, Red Deer's camp, has is it done? Did, when did it open up? But tell us a little bit about the experience because this it had to be a little bit easier than last year. Yes. Well, last year we didn't have a camp. So, right. So, <laughs> so yes. you know, this, yeah, we're probably uh, three weeks in to our camp now. Um, we played three, three preseason games. We got two more this weekend and then we start going for real next weekend. So, you know, it's moved, it's gone by pretty quick and, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to kind of have a, a normal start to the season. I love when we start you off and then it's, you have, you have your radio hit voice. Like that was such a hockey yeah. answer. It was incredible. <laughs> It was incredible. Any good, any good stories from camp? Ones that you're able to share that Red Deer won't get you in trouble for? Uh, no, not a whole lot. I mean, it's been a pretty basic camp so far. Um, you know, obviously early on we had a larger group and, you know, we had some, some two-day practices and stuff like that. Now it's slowed down and we're kind of getting down to our, our main group. And, um, you know, obviously at the junior level, it's a little bit different because you're missing some of your – your top guys who are at NHL camps. So, you know, once they start coming back, hopefully next week, um, and hopefully they had a good experience, um, then, you know, we can kind of really get rolling with our group for the year next and head into next weekend, opening weekend. Let's stick with hockey then. And we're going to cover a few quick topics here. And the first one that I want to start with is the Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, comments this week well obviously more jack hughes ryan did you hear the jack hughes comments this week uh yeah i I heard him yeah yeah i I mean so basically what it was was he said that um they're they're talking about his plus minus right when he uses plus minus and he said that's going to happen when you're when you're not playing on a good team i mean mean, basically tim asked him i'm not going to ask you about your brother's contract but then Jack spun it into he's going to, he wants it, he deserves his money. He should get his money. Obviously, people are going to talk about the minuses, but that's going to happen when you play on one of the worst teams in the league. Quinn is still one of the best defensemen in the league. He deserves to get paid, which yeah. is fantastic. It is fantastic. <laughs> like we talked about earlier, your hockey comment. We don't hear people talk like that, especially yeah. coming from a brother, especially coming from someone who, speaking of terrible teams, played for the New Jersey Devils last year. So <laughs> this all around was great. I mean, is anything he said a lie, though? Like, why do people care about that? I don't understand. So, like, this is not a lie. No, no. So, so what's the problem? Like, why is this even news? I want my brother to get paid. Check. I also think the team he plays on is shit. Check. His stats may reflect the fact that he plays on a shit team. Check. Like, none of that is untrue. Like, I hate this. I hate when we do this. We always criticize hockey players for being, you know, these monotone robots. And and then when they tell us what they're actually thinking, we punish them for it. It's ridiculous. The fact that the fact that this is even a story and we're even talking about it on this podcast is ludicrous. But it is a story because of exactly what you said, because I'm not criticizing Jack Hughes. I loved it. I loved it. He shouldn't get criticized. Why? The only the only thing that you can even remotely talk about, and 
it probably is, sim- is sympathy. If someone knows about bad teams and bad stats because of that, it's probably Jack Hughes right now too. So I love it. I thought it was great. That was awesome. Ryan, do you wish more hockey players talk? It's let's say athletes in general. I think the NBA is a lot more outspoken, but let's, let's just stick to hockey. Do you wish more hockey players talked like this? Take your coach's hat off. Take your coach's hat off. Cause I'm sure as a coach, you're sitting there like if any of you guys say anything like this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against them talking openly, talking freely. You know, obviously it's, you know, as long as it's, based in truth and based in fact, and I, I don't have a problem with it at all. I will say that, you know, kind of on the whole Quinn Hughes thing, and it's, I, I feel for some of these guys, and obviously like with what we went through last year and in major junior and all the youth levels and stuff like that, last year was such a weird year. Um, I have a hard time judging players based on anything that happened last year. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. NHL or, or what level down. So, now you enter like it, but the NHL still got to go on, right? There's still got to be the business side of it, but now you're trying, now you've got two sides kind of trying to figure out a value for a player based on last year, where I'm sure one side's trying to use it for, to one to, to their advantage and other side's trying to use it to their advantage. But, you know, I mean, Vancouver had a bad year, but you know, the year before that they went what second round of the playoffs. Yep. With, largely the same team. I mean, like, so there's good players there and it's not a terrible team. It's just like last year was just such a weird year. So, you know, I mean, Vancouver went what three weeks without even playing at one point. So, you know, I, I, I feel for these, for both sides in terms of trying to figure out, you know, and, and trying to move on with, with their business based on last year, because to me, last year was just so weird at, at every level and, I don't know how you kind of quantify it in terms of how, how to value last last year in the grand scheme of things. Well, let's pivot to this year because the Vancouver Canucks still have a major issue. And that issue is Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes are not signed. They have roughly $13 million in cap space. Ian, how, how do they do this? Well, this is what happens when you don't have your shit together. You know, like, at the end of the day, we were even discussing the fact that, hey, you know, are they going to bring back Travis Green? Like any organization that thinks that way after the the trash pile roster that he's been handed, it's just it's crazy to me. This is an organization that just does not have their act together. And trust me, I know what it looks like. I live in Toronto. So, you know, th- this team <laughs> goes out, they go out this year and they're like, OK, we're going to go get Oliver Ekman Lars. Fantastic. OK. He makes a lot of money for a long time. So what was the priority? Was the priority going to get Ekman Larson? Or should the priority have been Pedersen and, and, and Hughes? Right? Like, it, it just feels like, you know, does Oliver Ekman Larson undoubtedly help their team? Of course. Okay, but, but what's the priority? Is the priority my future? Literally, the two players that are my future, my entire future. Or going out and get Ekman Larson. Like, if this is me, the plan has to be take care of those guys first or at least have something agreed to and then go make your moves. But this is just, what are we doing? They still have Tyler Myers on the roster for the next three years at $6 million. They they keep doing this themselves. They sign these guys or or trade for these guys that have 
outlandish contracts. And then in situations like this, they can't move off that money to, to get themselves in a, in a better situation. How, how long do they have Louis Erickson for? He, he just left. That, that was going right? to be my point. They just got off those bad deals. Michael and, Furland is still dead cap, right? Like, it's, it's just, I don't understand it. And by the way, this is after, this is after they watched their franchise goalie walk for nothing. And they just gave Thatcher Demko $5 million. <laughs> what, what are we doing? Are we, am I supposed to look at this and go and feel bad for the Canucks? It's like, no, you're this mess because of yourself. Brian, any, any, any comments on the, on the Pedersen Hughes thing? Cause at $13 million, I don't see any way that they can deal, deal with this. So what it, TN's point, they got Tyler Myers at 6 million. They are, do we, when you take, take care of Tucker Pullman before your other guys, you got to, they have it. to find a way to dump. Like they're going to have to find a way to, to carve out 5 million somehow. Well, probably. They, just got I mean, they just got Garland. They're not cut, getting rid of him. What, they, right. Get, so Tanner uh, you're, Pearson so, at that yeah, we're, we're talking about Tanner Pearson, Travis Hamannick. And for some reason, Luke Shen has a two-year contract <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Why is that something that needs to happen? He's available every year on waivers for free. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, basically what I, what I think they're looking at is some sort of bridge deal to the next deal with both of them, um, you know, like wh- what are we thinking their cap hits are going to be? Okay. It, I mean, it, Pedersen has to be, we have to remember Darnell nurse just got 9 million. Okay. Darnell nurse. So th- this whole, what did Zach Hyman just get six? Like Pedersen's an easy nine, five, easy nine, five. So I have three and a half left for Hughes. The, 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 it just doesn't add up. I mean, Sean, you're muted. And you got to think if they were taking bridge deals, they would have taken it already. Right. Well, I think that's, dis- well, but that's the argument, right? So like, maybe that's, that's what they're kind of sitting on is there is one side would like to get the bridge deal. The other side wants to get, but so, so right now you're the hockey guy. You tell me, you tell me. My thought is Hughes is at least, at least six and a half, mm-hmm. at least right. Morgan Riley, six. Four and a half. And Morgan Riley's underpaid. Four and a okay. half. He's really underpaid. <laughs> oh, he's four and a half? Okay, yeah. then he's egregiously underpaid. Yeah. So can, can is that the range for him? And then for, for Pedersen, yeah, I think it's nine, nine and a half. Isn't that what Aho got? Yeah, Aho got nine. Well, like what what did what were Pedersen's numbers in the last he year? Was, he was hurt last year, but it's two years ago. And it's more so you look at the team, right? The thing is, at least up front, this is this is a point that I would make. You got to think El- El- Elias Pettersson is going to be their highest he's, paid player, so he's at least seven and a half. For every season, every season that Pettersson has been in the NHL, he's a point a game. So, what's a guy who is if you know is going to play seventy games and is going to get seventy points and play yeah, center? Yeah, there's a lot of. This- this is this is why I coach. I'm not the manager. <laughs> just, just give me the players. <laughs> Let someone else worry about the, the and money it's just, part of it. And I just don't. Right? I, so Aho. So so just to, just to put this in perspective, Aho is a point a game player and plays the wing. So like, it, it's just this is the data we're given. And I'm not saying that 
Quinn Hughes is Kale McCarr, but didn't Kale McCarr just get 11 million or something? 10 and a half, something like that. How the, I don't know what Colorado, I don't know what Joe Sackick, he, it's like he, it's like, I don't know. What's that movie with Bradley Cooper where he takes that pill and limitless? Yeah. That's literally Joe Sackick. I don't know how they're doing this. And tr- we're only bringing this up because it's funny to laugh at someone else's pain when we went through it for like three straight years and it is not fun. And, c- and it continues. And it continues where it's like, at, well, at least they want to play off round. But we're sitting here. We've been at the, we're, we're, we are trying to put a gun in the face of our best players and they just look at it like, nah, man, this is 2021. You're going to pay me what I'm owed or I'm just not going to play. And I think that's, what's going to happen here, but or I can go to, or Pedersen could probably go back to Sweden and make a billion dollars. He can do whatever he wants. This isn't, this isn't uh, 1990 where RFAs have zero power. This is like, I am your, we are your two best players. You're going to pay us, figure it out. Uh, and if you qu- announce, and if you announce like, Hey guys, we're not signing. Could you see offer sheets? Not now. Everyone's no, I would have, I, yeah, I would have think it would have, it would have happened already. Mm-hmm. This so, would have, they would have been interesting. One last question before, because I know we we have to get to the next thing. Montreal and Carolina were doing this whole dance over Kakanyemi, right? Mm-hmm. Either of these players undoubtedly helped Carolina more. Like I get it, you want to shove it to Montreal. I get it. I, I loved every minute of that. Take that, Tomes. But, like, these guys are better, right? Like, why? I understand wanting to stick it to the other guy, but at the end of the day, the way you win is by winning the cup. And they're better with Pedersen and Hughes. But or I th- Hughes. I think the number, it's because it was 6.1 million. That's what, that's what Carolina yes. had left. So if you, if you offer either of these players 6.1 and those players sign it, Vancouver is running to pick up that offer sheet, right? It's what's going to be interesting is that both of these guys are probably walking into. Uh, is it Blendenning? Whoever the GM of Vancouver is. They're walking Jim into Benning. his office. Jim Benning, that's right. Who's Blendenning? It's in my mind. Anyway, Blendenning. It could yeah. be Glendenning. He went to say they're walking, they're walking into in there saying, I want eight. Walk me off this. So let, let's do this really quickly. Ryan, Jack Eichel was stripped of the captaincy today after failing his physical. It's the end, right? He's gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta assume he is. It's just not, I mean, and Buffalo's smart to try and maximize what they can get for him. Problem is, is I'm not sure if they're going to get any more later on than they are right now. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine him going back there now. It's got to be done. Got to be done. But it was done a while ago, but yeah. One of the 10 best players in the league. We're talking, the packages we're talking about, frankly, are embarrassing why the teams on the other side of Buffalo haven't pulled the trigger on these or just offered more stuff. I can never understand. I get the injury scary. What do you have to lose? He's one of the best 10 players in the league. Just go for it. This is the Ben Simmons conundrum. The difference is, oh, this, the, the difference is, is undoubtedly, is undoubtedly better. better. Yes. But he has this injury where Buffalo wants him to get surgery. He says no. So it's kind of, you know, the last that- time we did this, you know, the last time we did this, we did this with Kawhi Leonard. Then what happened? Don't be stupid. Larry OB. Let's get on to week two. We did a couple storylines last week. I wanted to keep it to one this week because we wanted to get a little bit of hockey in. So, Ryan, week two storylines, reactions, thoughts. What was the biggest takeaway for you coming out of week two? Um, you know, I put some thought in this. And, and to me, uh, it's a team that I'm not really sure a lot of people really thought about. I'm, I'm, 
I'm not sure people still really think about them that much, and that's Carolina. And Carolina, their defense has looked so good through these first two weeks. They're a top 10. You name a category on defense in, in their top 10. Passing yards against, rushing yards against, sacks, everything. They're, top t- they're, they're not even t- just top 10. They're the number one defense in all these categories. And they're young at every level. Um, they've obviously put a lot of draft capital into their defense and now it's starting to show, to show up. And, you know, to me, when, when I just kind of watching Carolina a little bit, they look like a playoff team as long as that offense can kind of keep up with what the defense can do. Number one in DVOA is Carolina total. And that's because their defense has been so dominant because they're 15th in offense. How good does your offense defense have to be to give you you number one in DVOA? At the end of the day, this is a Darnold question. Yes. It's it's where it begins and ends. He's he's looks good. I know it's freaking me out. It's freaking me out. It's like, it's like anytime you take a quarterback away from Adam Gase, they're just going to blow up. He's looked like, I mean, he hasn't been like tearing it up, but he's been just solid, solidly efficient. And that's all you need with McCaffrey, really. Yeah. It's, it's like and, Ryan and, Tannehill all over again. He's got good weapons. I think Robbie Anderson gets slept on a lot because he was a Jet. DJ Moore's balling. I think, you know, listen, Terrence Marshall hasn't, hasn't done much, but I think he's got the tools to be something. And, yeah. and like you said, that defense is on fire. Yeah. Hassan and, Reddick and looks crazy. Exactly. So, so now you look at that team, obviously, in, the, in terms of in the future – in playoff hopes, you know, they just destroyed New Orleans. They they made New Orleans offense look bad last week. Atlanta, it doesn't look anywhere close to a playoff team. So now obviously I think Tampa's gonna run away is gonna run away right with that division. But can Carolina sneak into a into a wild card with that the way the defense has played through two weeks and they continue that 100 percent they can. I love it. That's a great one. That's a great one. Who do they have this? They're, oh, they're playing tonight. They're playing Houston tonight. tonight. Houston tonight, yeah. Yeah, see, okay, you got to think 3-0. and Although, all the credit in the world to Tyrod. I would have made yeah. that its own segment, Tyrod yeah. Taylor. Incredible. He He's looks just, incredible. Looks so good. And that team, honestly, they're not good enough defensively for it to be Ewing theory. So, it's not going to matter. But, man, they, they battle. They fight. Ian, hey, any- while, while we're giving shout-outs... I just want to, I'm going to rattle off two real quick. Go ahead, buddy. Number one, Teddy Bridgewater is balling. He's playing, that dude is playing the best ball of his career. Incredible stuff from Teddy Bridgewater so far. The next thing, when is Minnesota going to get a kicker? Right? Like, (laughs) I I don't get this. I don't get this. Like, I don't know any Vikings fans. I'm sure it's like a really hard thing because like, they really have been good for a long time. They just, they can't quite get there. But like at some point you just have to be like, you know what? I'm going to offer Baltimore first for Justin Tucker, just so I don't have to think about this anymore. Right? Like at some point, at some point, why they have not gone out and hired some kicking scouting guru, this guy who never misses on kickers, pay him whatever he wants to find the next guy. It's like the, the San Antonio shooting coach of the NFL. Chip Anglin. It, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I just need, you have to give, like, I don't get it, man. 
like Baltimore, I feel like drafts a kicker, uh, one kicker every year that ends up on someone else's roster because everyone goes crazy. Whoever's scouting the kickers for them, because I know it's not John Harbaugh, just go hire that guy. I, I love it. I love those I, two. And the best I have one, was the. Can I just say one thing? The best yes. was the call last week. The Minnesota Vikings like radio like call. It's good. It's, like, yeah. it's good. No, it's not. Vikings lose. <laughs> no, it's like they can't have anything. You know, the, by the way, the nicest by the way, thing they've had is a Stefan Diggs sketch, which was incredible. That place yeah, was, it was incredible. crazy, crazy. Um, last, last one for me. Past week two, we're going into week three. Ryan, I am going to name five names. I want you on a scale of one to 10 to tell me how much you are panicked by their performance so far. 10 being the highest. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Do Carson I to- Wentz. Sean, you can play too. Thanks, man. Carson Wentz? Mm-hmm. Does injury count? No. Just how what you've seen and how he's played. Three. How concerned are you? Are you hitting Less panic than three. or are you happy? I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy. Sean? It's a one. We thought he is who we thought he was. I, I think he's. I think he's looked dreadful. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's looked really bad, but <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not panicking. I'm going to go one. Wow. Okay. Sean, I came, I came into the year. Ian and I spoke about this before the season, and this is not a knock on Murph. Murph, buddy, I would have taken him if he was there in our dynasty draft. But I had question marks, so I'm going to go. I'm a five because I was already kind of on the fence anyways of him being the clear number one quarterback in this draft. So I'm a five, and I think a lot of it has to do with situation too. Joe Burrow. Fuck. Um, again, I'm not overly panicked. I mean, obviously, I'm a Bengals fan, so I have. Um, yeah, you're, you're overly I'm, invested. I'm, more inve- I'm overinvested in this one. I would say two or three. I'm, I'm not su- – he, he holds on the ball a little too long right now. He doesn't look totally comfortable. I'm not 100% sure where, how the offensive line mixes into that because they haven't been great. But, you know, but he's got to get, get rid of the ball quicker. Um, but, I mean, I'm not – it's a tough injury to come back from. And, you know, he didn't get many preseason. He got, like, one drive in the preseason. So, I'm not overly concerned at this point. Talk to me in four or five weeks. <laughs> Four, four for me. It would have been a two if they drafted Sewell, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two more. Pre-injury, Tua. Um, again, we're asking the wrong person because you are one of the calmest people I know. Yeah, I, I after two weeks, there's not much that gets me like panicky after two weeks. So I would say with but Tua. Remember, for guys like Lawrence, it's different because I have the I have the two week sample. For Tua, we got like a ten week sample. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Tua was improved in week one from last year. Agreed. Uh, last week he got injured, so you know if, if I look at at the two weeks combined, it has probably been better than last year. So I would say, again, less than five, maybe two or three. So I, I guess to to uh, to clarify my comment about Wentz, I said that he was a one. I was I'm not worried because 
I think Wentz sucks. So I guess it could have been a 10. I think Tua sucks too. And the difference between Lawrence and Tua is Tua walked into an organization with a coach who knows what the hell he's doing, a team that actually has aspirations to do stuff and is pretty competent on the football field. You can't say that about Jacksonville. So again, it, however you want to look at it, I never thought Tua was, was going to be good. So it, one or a 10, whatever, however you want to describe it. I just don't think it was very way. good. If the Dolphins called the Eagles right now and said, I will give you Tua for Jalen Hurts. Philly says no. Do you agree, Ryan? Tua for Jalen Hurts? Jeez, I, if, I don't know. I, I would say if I'm Miami, I'd probably say no. If I was Philly, I'd probably say no. Because I'm not really sure what the, what the plus is for either team. Stick with, you, you draft your guy, stick with your guy. It's not like one significantly better than the other. At this okay. point. Last one. Zach Wilson. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So I, I'm going to flip this one around. Okay. If I'm Zach Wilson, I'm like an eight on my panic meter about right. being on the Jets. <laughs> Agreed. I think to lay this all at now. Actually, Sean, you answer that. I will. I will follow that up Com- completely agree I-, I think that he's shown that i think that he was in, again if he was in the right situation i think that he has the arm talent to to be good but we're talking about the jets this is we're, we're literally started this podcast with ryan saying sam darnold has looked okay in carolina when we could not say that for the first three years two three years of his career so um don't really have an answer i, I agree with ryan couple things i think that the the I don't want to be critical of NFL quarterbacks, so I can't imagine how difficult that job is. But I, I I just feel like we hold these guys to, you know, kind of a low standard, right? Like Justin Herbert comes in last year and blows the doors off, right? And like now, is the expectation that every rookie is going to come in and blow the doors off? No, of course not. That's ridiculous. But to have none of them do it, just, you know, it feels like, why are we giving them this much rope? Like, yes, the Jets are terrible. But Zach Wilson has been driving the bus. The Jets, that offensive line, you know, there was a kid on TikTok this weekend. It came up on Twitter. He was like a 12-year-old, and he was breaking down Jets film. And it's amazing. Matt Judon's walking through right through the center of the line and half the linemen are blocking each other. So yeah, there's, there's a certain ineptitude with the jets that certainly doesn't help Wilson, but he's also not helping himself. It's okay for us to acknowledge that both are true. Wilson has been putrid. The jets are putrid. If they have any chance, he needs to drive the bus. So then let's spin this back on you of the five, five players that you mentioned, who are you most confident in? And who are you least confident in? Or who are you most panicking for? And who are you least panicking for? So I'm panicked. I'm thinking about if I'm a fan of each of these teams. If I'm Indianapolis, I'm a 10 for Wentz. I gave up a second round pick for him. I had other options. That's the direction I went. I'm in a 10. If I'm a Jacksonville fan, I'm probably a three or four on Lawrence. I'm with you. I've had pre, I've had, I've had concerns before. But I'm at a 10 with the coaching staff. So I'm willing to give Lawrence a lot more rope. 
I'm very panicked about the coaching staff. They're not giving the ball to their best offensive player. It, it just doesn't make sense. James Robinson just isn't getting the ball. Um, Burrow, Zach Taylor needs to go. I was going to bring this up later in the podcast when we discussed the Bengals game. He needs to go. It's time. And Ryan, say, put this in your back pocket. I want to hear about who should replace him, but he, he needs to go. He needs to go. I'm sorry. That offense has too much talent to look like this. Um, Tua, um, <laughs> probably at a six or a seven, but only because, only because, like, again, we give them so we give them, and I want to make sure, like, some players take time. I get that, but it just feels like the, the the bar is set higher for others. You know what I mean? Like, Kyler's in his third season and he's off to an MVP start. Lamar won the MVP what in his second or third year. Right. Like, obviously, those are extreme cases, but you eventually have to show me something. So, yeah, with Tua, I'm, I haven't seen anything yet. So, considering we're 10 or 11 or 12 games in, I'm at a five or six. That sounds right. And then the last one was Wilson. I'm gravely concerned. And I think the, the key point, because you said put yourself in the mind frame of the fan, we saw when we posted our video last week, Dolphins fans came running to Tua's defense. They can, they have green shaded or teal shaded glasses on yeah, their Yeah, but is that like Raptors fans with Kyle Lowry though? Like now Lowry, obviously no. No. completely different level. Hang on, completely different level than Tua. Obviously, obviously, obviously. And that goes without saying. The point is though, is that you could be any corner on rap, on Twitter. And if you, t- if you throw shade at Kyle Lowry, Raptors Twitter is finding you and hunting you down. Dolphins fans are the same with Tua. The only difference is Tua hasn't done anything to deserve that type of treatment. When Tua drops double-digit points in the first six minutes of a finals-deciding game, he can deserve that. And even because before, even before that, before Lowry won the title, when he had zero points, people were calling you in particular. You were the biggest Kyle Lowry, uh, not hater. I wouldn't say hater. But he was polarizing to Raptors fans. It was a love. It was a love hate relationship. It was a love hate relationship. This is just pure love, and they think that Tua is God's gift to mankind. So let's get to mine before we get get to the picks. And I'm actually I wasn't going to do mine because I actually think that what you did was uh, was, was was a great idea. But the storyline that for me it's it's not fun, and I'm sorry, Tones, but it's the Eagles. There's a lot of teams that have been Jekyll and Hyde, and we're going to talk about a few of them in the picks. But Ryan, please explain to me how Jalen Hurts, who by all accounts has exceeded expectations this year. Christian McCaffrey has a hamstring injury per Fox. Oh my God. Who's the back? Oh, Chubba. It's Chubba time. (laughs) Now, we don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We don't know how severe, but this being a football podcast, one that focuses a lot on fantasy football from time to time. That constitutes as breaking news. It sure does. Back to Jalen. How is he the number two ranked quarterback on pro football focus? Someone please explain this to me. He went, he went like, he went like, what, 11 for 24 last week with the pick? What, what's going on here? What are they grading? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've questioned Hurts a lot in terms of his ability as a passer, as a passer in the NFL. 
he's probably a little bit better this year than I thought he would be. Um, but, you know, my thoughts have somewhat changed based on Lamar Jackson because, you know, do you criticize Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is never going to be top 10 for in the NFL. But the guy can still win you football games because for sure he can. He can, he can run for 100 yards. We just saw so like So you do, Christian, do you, Christian McCaffrey is out with a hamstring injury. Ooh, toasty. <laughs> Breaking news on the From the Stands podcast, even though they'll hear it well after the game is done. But yeah. <laughs> still good insight to have. That's going to be, you know what? Forget about the Eagles. We're on to, we're on to week yeah. three. What, <laughs> now we're talking about all about Carolina. Sorry, Tom's. Now we're talking about, to your point, this could be a playoff team. But it, everything they have revolves around Sam Darnold remaining average. And now, and, and Christian McCaffrey. So now what do we do? Is it Chubba? It's Chubba time. Who yeah. else do they have? Yeah, I mean, I bet Royce they, Freeman. I bet they would. Royce, yeah. But Ooh. again, I, I don't think you need a star, like a superstar running back to win football games. Where, where McCaffrey hurts you the most is his versatility and how many yards he racks up the game. Not, not just right. on the, like he has, he has not been a good running, running back this year in terms of running the ball. He's got under four yards of carry. Absolutely. But, Ryan, you're a thousand piles, percent right. But he just piles up yards in other ways. So, you know, I bet, I bet they're going to miss Curtis Samuel a lot now. Right, a guy, a guy right. who can catch, who can catch the the screen passes and take it 10, 15 yards down the field, um, you know, and it, and it's gonna it's gonna take away a lot from their their short game, right? So it's, ter- it's Terrence Marshall time, baby. Let's go, let's yeah, go. Air, maybe air, it air it out, air it out. Maybe, let that yeah, big maybe, boy go get it. Maybe it is. Maybe now it's you know let let Robbie Anderson kind of control the middle of the field and exactly. get the short passes and then send Marshall straight down the sideline. Hope for the watch it to him and just hope for the best. Ian, yeah. thoughts on Carolina before we move on to picks? No, I mean, or do you look, want to go the I mean, fantasy route and, and say no, sorry, Tom's once again? No, like the season's long, right? So you know, even if he's out four to six weeks, or we we don't even know how severe it is yet. Now, is it ideal that they ruled him out immediately? No, it isn't. But let's see what it is first. I, I don't want to bury them if we don't need to. Like you know, we always say you know, Chris McCaffrey's their best player and. I'm just not totally convinced that that's true. You know, like I, I feel like we can survive without, if you're the Panthers, you feel like you can survive without McCaffrey, but can you survive without Brian Burns? I, I don't know. I don't know. So I think they're going to be okay. Well, we're about to find out. Thankfully, they're playing Houston. Get him out of the game early. Let's, let's, let's keep moving on. And I'm just going to end on this piece here. I am not chirping Jalen Hurts. I'm not chirping the Eagles, but they were one of the Jekyll and Hyde teams. I know they played San Francisco. San Francisco came in on the road. They're a really, really good team. They're a team that uh, is going to be very interesting this year and is happy to be relatively healthy outside of the running back position at this point in time. But PFF, enough. The second-ranked quarterback, enough. Jalen Hurts has is, is been better than expected, but he's not the second-ranked quarterback. So let's move on to picks. Week three. Last week, again, the underdogs prevailed, finishing 9-7 and seven against the spread. Are we picking more favorites this week, or are we going with, uh, we going with dogs? Last week, 
I finished three and three. The rest of the podcast, Murph, Tomes, and Ian, all finished one and five. So, Ryan, it's a high bar. Got to go 0-6 to beat them. <laughs> so, let's get to the first game. Your Cincinnati Bengals are visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are favored by three. Mr. Coville, who are you taking? I'm taking the Bengals. Bengals, to me, first two games, their offenses look, look rough against Chicago, but Chicago looked rough against Bengals defense. Bengals defense right now is what is to me is, is they're playing so well right now that I'm not sure Pittsburgh's offense can put up a big number against Bengals defense. I'm not sure Bengals offense can put up a big number against Pittsburgh's defense. So I'm expecting a, a pretty small score here, you know, within a field goal one way or the other. Um, but, you know, to me, the Bengals defense is just playing so well. Their 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 defense right now is better than Pittsburgh's defense. And in right, I think the Bengals are number six overall in defense. And they're just they've got playmakers at a lot of different levels. They're getting some good pass rush. Trey um, Hendrickson looked like yeah. super good last week. Hendrickson and Hubbard on the as the edges, and then they got yep. just a whole rotation of of deep tackles that just push the push the pocket. Um, their line, their young linebackers are playing really well. Mm-hmm. And then they got two elite safeties in Bates and Von Bell. So the defense is playing really, really well right now. Um, and to me, when I look at Pittsburgh, obviously everyone's going to talk about Pittsburgh's pass rush against Bengals O-line. And that does worry me a little bit. And, and part of the reason why I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game from either team. But Pittsburgh's pass defense sucks. Pittsburgh secondary is not good. So, you know, can the Bengals protect Burrow and can Burrow get rid of the ball quick enough and can the Bengals wide receivers get open quick enough to get the ball downfield? If they do and Bengals get a little bit more creative on offense, I think the Bengals win this game. Yeah, the Bengals are seventh in total DVOA on defense. Pittsburgh is 15th. So you you are right, Ian. Are you riding with Coach or are you going with the home team? I think it's a little silly to say if the Bengals old line can hold up. Well, you know, if if I was seven foot three, I'd be in the NBA. Like, like some things just like aren't aren't gonna happen. Like that O line is really bad. And the defensive player of the year so far through two weeks plays on Pittsburgh. And it's not TJ Watt. And I think Cam Hayward is going to absolutely eat against this O-line. Now, do we have the confidence that Benz and Burrow can score enough to, to really make this close? I, I'm not sure. You know, anytime two teams, I'm worried that they're not going to score. I'm always tempted to go with the points. But the one thing I'll say about Pittsburgh, the, the reason it's hard to make this pick today and the reason that if I was gambling, I wouldn't make the pick today is because is Ben playing? Is Deontay Johnson playing? Is TJ Watt you know, playing? Is TJ Watt playing? Like, we, we just don't know, right? Like, those are real, three hugely important pieces. And, you know, at what point are, are the Steelers really going to deploy Najee Harris in a way that makes using a first-round pick on him make sense? Right, like at what point are they just be like, we need to use this guy as a weapon? You took him in the first round. Isn't that the whole point? What what are we waiting for? Unleash him. 
unleash him. And, and if you're worried about Hubbard and Hendrickson, then maybe it's time for a Najee screen game. I do think Pittsburgh defense will have the day, though. Home game, only a field goal. I think it's Pittsburgh. The Steelers are weird, man. Ben looks Plus, complete. I think Zach Taylor's really bad at his job. <laughs> ben looks Ben looks completely washed. He is washed. He's not good anymore. But he beats the Bengals. The Steelers are nine and one in their last ten against the Bengals. And then if you're talking about the spread, six, three, and one in their last ten. And the Bengals on the road are a completely different story. Do you have any idea what they are in their last 20 games on the road, Ryan? Well, considering they've only won, what, five, five or six games in the last two years? One, 18, and one in their last 20 on the road, including 0 and 5 in Pittsburgh. Listen, if TJ Watt can't go, which is very, the, the potential's there, I might consider changing my pick to taking the points, but. It's Steelers Bengals until until the Bengals actually do it. I'm going to take the Steelers. Well, and don't forget the what happened last time they met. Brandon Allen led Bengals beat the Steelers week 15 or something last year, right before Christmas at home. At home, yeah, but still the one win that the, that the Bengals have <laughs> in the last ten. All that matters is your last is one, Brandon Allen. <laughs> Uh, let's get to the next game. The Saints are visiting the Patriots. The Patriots are minus three. Speaking of Jekyll and Heidi and these New Orleans Saints, who do you got? A couple things. Are we, are we ready to say that Mac Jones should be a home favorite versus a good defense? I, I think New Orleans defense is disappointed a little bit, but is that – are we ready to do that? I'm not ready to do that. I love Mac Jones, but we are talking about a game manager in every sense of the word so far. I think he's averaging like six, six and a half yards per yards per attempt, something like that. That is Jimmy Garoppolo level stuff. I, I'm just not ready to make them make him a a favorite against a playoff contender potentially, or at the very least, a good defense. So uh, I'm not ready for that. Plus, as I mentioned with the Bengals, even though I went against my own advice, when I'm worried neither team can score, I do have, I do tend to go with the underdog because you take the points in those chances, right? Because if neither team can score, then the logic would suggest that the spread wouldn't be as large. So even though it's three, I, I think the Saints here is the move. So you're rolling with the Saints? Yes. Wow. Okay. So you pivoted because I was ready. I'm ready to come over the top saying, have you seen the saints injury report? And then I was going to read out all the names about this great defense that is not playing. Quan's out. Quan's out. I mean, Lattimore's out. Quan out doesn't mean anything. Gardner Johnson's out. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. But again, but again, like, Oh, are we ready? Are we ready to do this with Mac Jones like today? Werner's out, right? Like our, our guy, he's out. I, I'm just, I, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. And, and by the way, if New England does win and that offense gets going, it's because of Damian Harris, right? Like, I'm right. sorry, I just need to see, I need to see it from Mac. 
And to be fair, Lattimore, Gardner Johnson, Werner, they're questionable. But Trent, not hey, trying we, to I didn't think I didn't think Lattimore was going to play last week. And look, I, I'm just not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. Now, th- there is an argument to the, to the other side. You know, LASIK Jameis has been a, a bit erratic, if I'm honest. <laughs> this New England defense. This New England defense put Zach Wilson in a blender last week. So I get it. I'm just not I'm just not there yet with Mac Jones. If you just look at the teams, the pick is the is the Patriots because they have a good defense, they have a good run game, they have good tight ends, and the quarterback is fine. But and I, I also I don't believe in the Patriots team. I don't. I don't believe in Mac Jones. I think he's fine. This the Saints cover against New England. Now, granted, that was mostly with Breeze. This is coming from my heart. I want Jameis to walk in there and beat Bill Belichick so badly that I'm going to take the points. I am also, Ian, taking the Saints. They got their coaches back, or at least most of them. Last week was a really weird game. They're basically playing on the road for, what, the first six weeks? So, no logic. I normally have a long list of things that I'd like to say why I'm taking it. This is all heart. I'm cheering against New England. I'm taking three points on the road. Ryan, are you sticking with the brothers? Or are you going to go another direction? I'm going New England. And there you go. Yeah. There you I, go. I, I mean, and, and I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about Carolina's defense, and I don't know if this was a Carolina defense thing, but New Orleans offense looked completely inept last week. Yeah, completely exactly. inept. New England's defense has looked really good. And then, you know, New England's offense, they just scheme their way to points. So, you know, they get Damian Harris running through about eight guys and, you know, let Mac Jones, you know, toss it three yards every throw, and it works. So that, and that's, you know, the defense is good enough. If, if New Orleans' offense is as bad as they looked last week, this, isn't, this is automatic for New England. The Seahawks are visiting the Vikings. The Vikings are getting two points at home. Piece of advice, look at the over here, please. Both of these defenses have been atrocious. I think they're both averaging 30 points for or right in that ballpark with over 25 against on both sides. The Vikings lost me so much money last week. I, I, I'm still angry at the Cardinals. And you, you mentioned Kyler Murray being an MVP candidate. He definitely was after week one. The picks he threw last week took literally, they say hot dogs take 30 minutes off of your life. Kyler Murray took at least three hours off of my life in that last game. But Minnesota never covers. They are the Kansas City Chiefs of the NFC. One and eight in their last nine, and the Seahawks dominate the Vikings. They won seven in a row. And when you're talking about two terrible defenses, yes, I saw what Derrick Henry did to the Seahawks defense last week. Dalvin Cook is going to have a monster week. I think we can all agree on that. If he plays, I think he's going to have a monster week. But I'm taking the better quarterback against a bad defense. And yes, Kirk Cousins has been better. Than expected, especially fantasy-wise. PFF has high grades. I get it. I'm taking Russell Wilson early in the season against this defense. Ryan, do you agree? Yeah, I'm taking Seattle. And it's, you know, it, we're in September still, so Pete Carroll's still committed to 
to the past. <laughs> so, you know, once we get to December, then maybe then they'll, then Seattle start to run it and start to lose again. But Minnesota can't, they've nobody to cover these wide receivers on Seattle. Russell Wilson's going to absolutely destroy Minnesota's defense. Minnesota will be competitive because that's just what they do. But yeah, I, I think this is, I don't, I don't see how Seattle doesn't win this game. Are you calling this a lock? Are you going um, as far as just to say this is a lock? Because I don't think this is quite this a West one. Not team. This one. Not okay. this one. Not this one. I don't think coming this, up. This, I don't think this is quite a West team coming East because Minnesota is like kind of there in the middle. So let's see, Ian. Are you going to be on the other side? No, I mean, Russell Wilson's never lost to Minnesota his entire career. Right? Why are we changing that this week? He's leading the league in passer rating. This past defense, as you guys just mentioned, is beyond putrid. So forgetting all of that, knowing what Wilson's doing against this defense, can Cousins match it, right? And at two points, that's what it comes down to. Can, can Cousins and Cook match it? And maybe they can. Maybe they can. But Minnesota is 31st in opposing yards per attempt. 31st. They're dead last in opponent's completion percentage. Opposing quarterbacks are almost completing 80% of their passes on this defense. What 80? is the le- they're at 77.8, the completion percentage. So what point oh at what at what point is the league leader in passer rating and September God, Russell Wilson, not gonna light these dudes up? I mean, they may get 60. And by the way, like I don't care what Russell Wilson costs this week in daily fantasy. Just go get him. He may be able to win you with the week on his own. That is incredible. That honestly. That takes effort to be that bad. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. I, I don't think the Patrick Peterson thing is working out great in Minnesota. <laughs> well, l- let's pivot to something that is working out great. And that is the Tampa Bay Bucks visiting the LA Rams. The Rams are getting a point and a half at home. Ryan, go ahead. Who are you taking in the game I'm, of the week? I'm taking the Rams. This is kind of my thing. I think we went back I think, to last. I, I, you t- I think you take them every <laughs> single time you're on the podcast. Um, you know, just, I mean, to me, these are two really good teams. I think it could go either way. I honestly do not know who could win. Um, so I'm taking the home team and the underdog. So, and it, you know, the Rams are a really good team. Um, Tampa has to slow down on passing and, and if anyone's going to slow down their passing attack, it's going to be this Rams defense, you know, with Aaron Donald getting a push up front and then the secondary that Rams have. Um, and then, you know, you just got to take Gronk away from the end zone because he keeps scoring touchdowns. But other than, and, and we don't know if Antonio Brown's going to play. So at this point, we don't know. So I'm, your- I'm taking the home team. That's that's the end of the day. I'm taking the home team. All right. I'm still waiting for your lock. I'm looking forward to it. And Ian, we spoke about terrible pass defenses. I think we got one of them in this game. I think the big thing about this game is we can't forget that Tampa Bay's a bit banged up, right? I mean, Antonio Brown's on the COVID list, JPP not playing. I mean, I understand that Tampa Bay's defensive line group and wide receiver group are probably the deepest in the league, but still not ideal. Right. And against, you know, a a team like the Rams that employ a guy named Aaron Donald, you and Jalen Ramsey, 
you'd like to have all of your juice. This just comes down to to one thing, really. It, it this offseason, when you're putting together this roster and you're making big decisions, and trading for Matthew Stafford is a big, big decision. These are the games that you just need to win. Like if you are like a big dog, if you're a big dog, like Super Bowl winners are coming to town, your new shiny building, like this is a dub I need. This is a dub I need. And and if look, like this is why Matthew Stafford is here. Show me why you're here. I don't want to get hyperbolic, but this kind of feels like a must win for the Rams, right? Not for the sense of their season. I mean, obviously, you know, it's week three. But if you want to be who you want to be, which is a big dog, I just need this one. Got to win this one. game at home as a dog against who we would yeah. probably all say when still fully healthy is the best team in the NFL. I completely agree. I, I, I want to be... The big dog. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I got to get this one. I need to get this one. And I believe in Stafford to, to and McVay to go get it. I think it's Rams by a hair. And I agree. And I thought I teed you up for one with the pass defense because the Bucks are 30th in the NFL. And when they went out, and like you said, Ian, when they went out and got their guy, when they went out and got Sean McVay's guy, they are now the eighth-ranked past offense in the NFL. So they're going to be slinging it. Cooper Cup has been fantastic. And as we've always seen, the way to beat Tom Brady is to rush four, drop your linebackers into coverage, and get pressure. Who better to anchor that sentiment than Aaron Donald? Now, we know um, the left tackle Werfs, right? Guy is an absolute stud. He isn't blocking Aaron Donald. It's going to be probably three guards in the center blocking that man. Can they hang on? Can they do it? I don't think so. And oddly, Tampa, one in seven against the spread in their last eight against the Rams. Now, my guess is only one of those came with Tom Brady. So we're talking the Jameis factor here. But teams feel confident against other teams. And I think this is one of those games, to your point, Ian, not only is this – I think that the way you put it is right. It's not a it's a must win in the sense of are we in that top tier? Are we the guy? Are we the guy? Ryan, you look like you had a thought. About Rams? Yeah, you look like you you Sean was talking, you look like you had something to say. No, I I honestly I didn't, but I I could say something. I mean, I, I think I think you're right. <laughs> I, I think it's <laughs> I think, to me, I think this is a, a statement game for the Rams, and it's 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 not a must win. I mean, obviously, it's more important. Right, for them I, I understand. Box. I, I mean, yes. in their division, they're going to have. This is a game that, um, you know, that they they got to win these games against hard teams because they're going to play a lot of them in their own division, and for in terms of morale, in terms of the team knowing that they can win the NFC. This is a huge one. When you look back on it back in, in, when you get into January, this is going to be a big game for them to know that they can do it. So completely agree. I think we all agree though. The bucks still are the team to beat in the NFL. Correct. Yeah. 
I do. Forget the title. Yeah. Just wipe that away. Just yeah. I think if Green Bay would have come out better, right? They were sort of like, you know, the team that really shouldn't have lost in the NFC Championship game. So you could have said them, but yeah, you know, I mean, Tampa Bay's exceeded all expectations, and Tom Brady's. He's not, he's an alien. I don't understand. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, speaking of ridiculous, the Packers are visiting the 49ers. The 49ers are favored by three and a half. Ian, who the hell is playing running back for the San Francisco 49ers this week? Is it, is Mitchell playing? He came in with basically a dislocated shoulder last week. Is it's Sermon be hasty, playing? Is, Sermon. No, Hasty's out. Hasty's out. So is it carry on Johnson with, not the practice one? With Shanahan, it doesn't matter. Right. Like you're going to get production no matter what out of that position. It just doesn't matter. And I haven't heard anything about Mitchell not playing. It sounds like he'll play in some capacity, no, but he's, he's questionable. Yep. I, I, I think this really just comes down to to one thing, right? When it comes to Packers, Niners, Niners, three and a half. You know, hey, I get it. Going west, I never like it. But at what point in this season have we looked at the 49ers other than very brief stretchers against the Lions. Have we looked at them and been like, yeah, that's an NFC contender right there. Like, damn, they look good. You know, like at what point have we said, and I understand it's only been two games, but that Eagles game last week was an absolute rock fight. It was gross. And if you are going to beat Green Bay, you either got to knock them out the way Jameis did, which I'm sorry, Jimmy's not doing, <laughs> right? Or, or your defense just has to put him to sleep. And, and I'm just not sure that 49ers defense is quite there anymore. So without Trey Lance and that explosiveness, I, I, I think it's Green Bay here, and I have the Packers outright. And by the way, at some point, we're going to see the Devontae Adams game. At some point. It hasn't happened yet. But at one of these games, he's going to have like three touchdowns in the first half. It's coming. I'm going to ask you this question. You kind of alluded to it. You mentioned this last week that we we had the Eagles 49ers game on here. You picked the Eagles, but you said that if Trey Lance was playing, you would outright pick the 49ers. Correct. If Trey Lance was playing and the line was still three and a half, would you still still take the Packers? Three and a half just feels like a lot. It's like a I lot. get that the Packers are last in pass rush or wherever they are. So Lance could probably feast on that. And the Packers linebackers as a whole are kind of slow. So I'd be more inclined. It'd be, it'd be really close. Like it would be a game I wouldn't actively bet on. You know, this, this with Jimmy in the game, I'm actively betting on this game. What do you think, Ryan? This is my lock. <laughs> what about the 49ers makes them a favorite in this game? They, right. They, out of the first two weeks though that they played, they've, they, where they looked okay early against Detroit, but it's Detroit, and they almost blew that lead. Last week was just a horrible game all around, and they looked extremely average against a very average team in the Eagles. And then, I mean, I, I get Green Bay sucked in week one, but, you know, I just – this is automatic. I don't, I don't know how, how you don't take the Packers in this one. I think the Packers just – significantly better team at this point. And I mean, the, the, the Packers defense worries me a little bit, but 
you know, nothing about the 49ers offense scares me at this point. So I'm taking Packers all day. It it kind of feels like this one should be one and a half too. Like the, like the Rams. The other way. (laughs) Yeah. The other way. But you know what? I get it. San Francisco, you know, you're two and oh, like I get it. Right. I get why that would be favor, but it it should only really be by one and a half or even like 0.5. The line should be San Francisco by three. That is what the line should be. The half point is the problem. And I'm, I cannot disagree with you guys more on your rationale. To say that the 49ers have looked underwhelming when talking about the Green Bay Packers is downright disrespectful. They have looked beyond, beyond sleepy, underwhelming, disappointing. Why? Because they had a quarter and a half against who's going to be the worst team in the NFL and, and the Detroit Lions. So you're going to shit on the 49ers for having a quarter, a great, a great quarter and a half. <laughs> Play the Bengals. You're going to shit on the 49ers for having a great quarter and a half against the Detroit Lions. But the Packers, who had a great quarter and a half against the Detroit Lions, are all of a sudden the Super Bowl favorites in your guys' eyes. This is crazy to me. They looked downright awful. For 50%, at least 50% of that game against the Lions. And then the Lions said, oh, wait, fuck. We want to lose. What are we, what are we talking about? They, they lost 38-3 to to Jameis Winston. What are we talking about? Like, you, you can't... Like, the 49ers at least won the games. They went on, on the road against that, a gritty but Eagles that team. But argument, that argument is all fine, well, and good. But we're not saying the 49ers shouldn't be favored. I, we're saying that it shouldn't be this. I, but, and, but, and, but Ryan's right, though. What, what have on. the 49ers given you that the spread should be this high? And that's why I'm taking the Packers. Because it shouldn't be three and a half. It should be three. But to your argument about the, the 49ers have looked downright disappointing, and yet the Packers have looked like gods is crazy to me. That's I didn't say they look like gods. I, I no. I Packers, think the Packers, Packers are undoubtedly better. too. But uh, okay, but pa- yeah. I, uh, okay, but you also always some. Well, the defense kind of worries me. Oh, defense matters. The difference to me is in this game with with the with the point five. This is a home game for Aaron Rodgers, and the San Francisco Giant, the San Francisco 49ers, I got into baseball there for a second. The San Francisco 49ers do not win at home. They suck at home. They're one and eight in their last nine at home. It's one of the most wild stats. I know that they had the injury bug last year. They were the Baltimore Ravens last year. They were this year's version of the Baltimore Ravens. But I I agree with the pick, and I'm taking the Packers. But your rationale there, both of you, give your heads a shake. That was crazy. I'm taking it because Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones – playing in a, in a place that is not extremely hostile with a team that doesn't know who their running back is going to be. And it's a point, a point at most too high of a line. So I'll take that extra 0.5 points. But so, yeah, we agree. We all came back to the same circle, but I, I couldn't believe what I heard. That, that was, you know what? Best part of the podcast. I love disagreeing with you boys, but while still riding the Packers train, let's get to the last one. The Tomes are visiting the Cowboys. The Eagles are, are in Dallas. Dallas is getting four. Um, 
I love trends. I like reading out trends. Ian, can I read you a couple? Go for it. The trends do not like the Eagles here. The Eagles are two and eight straight up in their last 10. Two and five against the spread in their last seven against Dallas. One and six against the spread on the road. And one and four against the spread last five in Dallas. Does that change your mind? Do you have the same vibes that four is too high? What's the pick? I mean, four is too high. Right? I mean, it is too high. I think you look at the Eagles and this division just doesn't make sense. Like I I can look at the other two teams. Like I can look at the giants and look at the Washington football team and know what they are. Right. Like I think the giants are a waste of space and everyone there from top to bottom needs to go. I think Washington is extremely talented defense. Although one that has disappointed a bit so far, although Jonathan Allen had his day last week. But disappointed a little bit thus far. A little bit. But I know what they are. They're a defense-first team that's going to win with defense. And Heineke is going to do some stuff. These two teams I just can't figure out. I, I, I don't know what the Cowboys have done to deserve this type of line. And do we really trust the Cowboys in primetime? I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know what way I want to go. So, Ryan, I need you to talk me into one way. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence in this one too because I, I do think Dallas is a better team, right? I, I'm not. I, I feel like that's true, and have definitely been more consistent. You got to yeah. give them that. That you talk about identity. Yet. The yep. Cowboys know exactly who they are, and I think that matters. Average. I think that they know that they have a great offense with an opportunistic defense. They're going to get yeah. scored on, but they're going to find a way to get the ball back when it matters, and they're going to score points. Uh, I, you guys are you guys do your fence thing. I'm taking the boys. I've been impressed with them. I've, I have too. Because I think if, if we're going to say that the Bucks are the best team in the NFL and still the favorite, I know it's the first game of the season. There's it's all weird. I agree with you. I think four is a lot, and a lot. it's a lot. I would. I, I agree with you. But I test history. The best asset in this game, I think, is the is the Cowboys' offense. I'll take I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and I'm probably I'm I'm gonna go Dallas too. And it, it, but again, this is a hard game to, to 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 figure out because to me they the the defenses to me are pretty equal. I think Dallas's defense is way improved. Dallas has been really impressive the first two games. Like they've they look like a much different team. Um, and you know to me the difference comes down to offense, and I think. Dallas's offense is explosive, and I think Philadelphia's offense is doesn't have a ton of firepower. So I'm going Dallas in this one too. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, Ian, about Micah Parsons. It's been a hot topic in in the fantasy football league this week. He converted to edge. I drafted him eighth overall in our fantasy pool. Would that be the highest ever an edge has gone in the fantasy football pool? Yeah, but like. Uh, well, no, I mean, Brendan Graham, right? Went 14th, I think, back in the day. So not crazy. But no look, I, I, I think, he, I think. look, I mean, all, all kidding aside about Parsons, I think you have to be impressed by that kid. You know, that, that is just a kid that doesn't give a shit where he plays, doesn't care what he has to do. That kid just wants to be fast, tackle the ball, care, and win. You know, and, and if anything, 
what, what this is, you know, we talk about in fantasy circles, but you know, if I'm the Cowboys, this makes me love them even more. You know, it, this is a crazy, crazy talent that we're talking about. I think if I had more faith in the Eagles pass catchers, I would be taking the Eagles because I feel like they could keep it close. This pass, Cowboys pass catchers or the thrower. <laughs> well, I think Hertz can get because he can extend plays. I think Hertz can get the ball to where it needs to go. Right. I don't necessarily have that concern. You know, just like just, you know, kind of like Lamar. Right. Lamar, you know, in a Lamar offense, you have space, you have space for one, maybe two pass catching weapons at most. Right. With Hertz, like Devonta Smith isn't ready yet. So he doesn't have like that one thing that that I know he can always get points from. So to me, that that's sort of the difference. And I, I think Dak knows that he can spread that thing around. Darius Slay is not the Darius Slay we've we've come to know and love. And I think we're going to see Cooper have a monster game. If he plays, I know, I think he didn't practice today. I, I think we're going to see, you know, CD lamb of a monster game. I, I even kind of like a totally Pollard game here. Um, <laughs> probably, no, probably well, speak, no, uh, speaking of, we talked about panic. We could Pollard what could about, have a good game. What about Zeke? Where are you on the panic scale? We'll see. No, I mean, Zeke had a really, really good game last week. Right. And everyone's just losing their mind because it's Zeke. And everyone thinks that, you know, the Pollard, you know, his RB one thing is, is, is a, is a nice zag, right? I mean, Zeke was still really good. Zeke was good, but Pollard was better. I don't disagree, but there have been for a long, long time. There have been backup running backs whose yards per carry was better than the starter. I'm thinking like Raheem Mostert types. And then their time comes and for whatever reason, like they just can't hang. So before we bury Ezekiel Elliott, we should remember that that there's been lots of evidence of this before. I mean, we're seeing it with Chase Edmonds. So far, it's been good. So far, it's been really good. But we're going to see, like, can that sustain? And with those with those backup backs, you just have to see. And I'm not saying that Pollard and, and Edmonds are the same player. Pollard's much bigger, but the argument's the same. Regardless, I, I like a big day for this Cowboys offense. I still feel like four is too much. But on the other hand, because of their offense, I feel like it's not enough. It's strange. I think it's Cowboys. Well, let's uh, let's do a quick review here. But if you, but hey, no, hang on. Are, do you really think that Tony Pollard's the RB one, or are we just clowning people that have Zeke? The he's I, I think Tony Pollard's best running back on that team at this moment today. Okay, he's got more jump. Um, you know, I mean, they he's it's just he, he's he brings more to the table at this point. Zeke so, has just, just looked average. Well, we're going to get to what else has looked average, and it may have something to do with Zeke. Uh, the Bengals, let's review this. The Bengals and the Steelers. I am on the uh, the Steelers with Ian. Ryan is on the Bengals. Saints, Patriots, Ian and I again are on the Saints. Ryan is on the on the Patriots. Seahawks, Vikings, we're all on Seattle. Rams, Bucks, we're all on Rams. Packers, 49ers, we're all on Packers. And Cowboys, Eagles were all on the Cowboys. So speaking of average, how does so it- Ryan is either going to go? Ryan is either going to Ryan's either going to go like he could go six and zero here. We he could very no, but no, but he could go six and zero here, and we'd both lose. Yes. Speaking of average, how does it feel 
for the first time in what a decade and a half that the Ohio State football team season is over before it even started has to be has to be demoralizing, doesn't it, Ryan? I don't think it's over. <laughs> I okay, it's not over. If they run the table in the Big Ten, win the Big Ten championship, right? I, I, unless we're and then you know I want Ryan to tell me exactly what's going on, but you know unless. Oregon continues to do this, which you know Oregon is going to have some shit Pac-12 after dark loss in at the end of October, November against like USC or Cal or one of those teams. That's coming, guaranteed. It's coming. So unless you're thrilled about a Big 12 team, which I don't know if anyone's jumping out to you, Ohio State can still run the table, kill Michigan, win the Big 10 title game, and still be in the playoff. I don't think it's dead. Yeah, I... You couldn't it's give hard. me this. It's hard. You couldn't give me this one. It's hard now. So, like right now, you're going to have Alabama. It's definitely harder. O- Oklahoma. I don't know if they're going to lose in the Big Twelve. Fair. Um, and then there's going to be another SEC team. You know, whether it's Georgia or whoever Georgia. it might be. Um, and then Clemson's got the advantage because they lost a week before Ohio State. So you know they got they're going to have one extra win in a row if they both run the table. So you know, and then. So I, it's, it's, this is going to be really, really hard for Ohio State at this point. I know we joked about Sewell. How does it feel to have Jamar Chase on your football team? Awesome. He's great. He's awesome. And I, I am very happy with, with the way the Bengals have played two weeks now, the first two weeks. From after watching two straight years of just horrible football and probably a little bit more than that, um, probably. Is, <laughs> well, I mean, hey, the, the Bengals had some good years there. Five years in a row. Yeah. yeah they like they were the Toronto Maple Leafs before the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. Yeah. The amount that that organization has invested in this offense for them to underperform with an offensive coach, I'm sorry, it's just not acceptable. Right? Like, I, I'm giving I, him the benefit of the doubt because last year, they drafted they, their offense was just they were just starting to take off, and then Burrow goes down. Now Burrow's back and he's played what two games in a drive. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to give their offense the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. The defense looks incredibly improved at this point. So, you know, I think th- this is a much better team than people think. I think they're more closer to a 500 team than they are to a bottom five team in the league. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm happy with, with where they're at as a fan. So right now the odds on favorite for the first coach to get fired is Taylor over, Nag- yeah, I over Nagy. I don't get that, but okay. Wow. That's fine. Who should be, you clearly don't think it's Taylor. Who should be the odds on favorite to be the first coach fired? And then we will sign off. I I have no idea. I mean. Again, when you're talking about one and one teams, the Bengals, Bengals are one and one right now. And look, man, so, I, I'm this is I'm this is not me. You don't if, have to give it to me. They, you need to convince if they me lose not. like the next, if they lose like the next eight games, then sure, bump them up to number one. But who's zero and two right now? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Giants, Giants one. the Gi- the Giants, the Gi- no, there's Giants, two. And Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears. There's three. So there's three coaches that should be ahead of, ahead of Zach Taylor in terms of. Next to be fired. Houston just hired a new coach, right? David. Yeah, they're not. All, they, they won got, the week. Oh, they, they did win week one. one. Yeah. Well, can Urban Meyer be on this list? 
No, he'll fake an injury and go coach USC, though. <laughs> and who's the Jets coach? It's not Gacy. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's a fucking Salah. Salah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Well, on the line, so they're not, they're not firing Dan Campbell. Yeah. They gave Dan Campbell five seasons. And the Lions fans love him. They do. Ryan, speaking of love, we love you. Good luck with the rest of training camp. We love having you on. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Although your Packers take was ridiculous. Ian, why don't you sign us <laughs> off? I don't think Ryan had any outrageous takes today. I think it was perfect. It's great to be back. Enjoy week three, everybody.